Hi, I'm Carrie Adams and you're listening to Carrie's Corner. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers, the people who make it happen in the liquor industry around the world. So, let's get sipping. Today our voyage of discovery is one with Mareka Boerta. She is the winemaker at Aikendal and aside from having a lot to catch up with her about, she recently sent me a bottle of her new, I think it's the second bottled vintage of Mondesir Chardonnay. I tried it and it is sublime. And I thought, no, we definitely have to speak about this. The whole country has to know about it. So we have Mareka on the line. We've also got YouTube channels. We've got all kinds of things. But Callum does all of that for me. You all know that I am, what do I call myself, Phil? No, it's worse than technophobe. It's even worse than that. But anyway, Mareka, thanks for hanging around Carrie's Corner with me. Thanks for joining me this morning. Good to chat to you. Thank you very much, Carrie. It's so nice to, to chat to you finally. <laughs> I know. I speak to everybody on the telephone all the time. I taste your wines. I sell your wines. I do all kinds of things with them. And I seldom get to meet my winemakers face to face. So much as I hate this new technology, it is actually great to be able to put a face to your name and to chat to you even if it is only over or via a screen. Mareka, before we start speaking about the Mont d'Azur Chardonnay, which really is gorgeous, I wanted to just bring my listeners up to speed um, as to who you are, because you're not just that pretty little face on the other side of the screen. You are actually an optometrist from Benoni or something. Come on, be, be honest. Come clean with us. Yeah, so I actually I'm, I am a, a qualified optometrist um, from Brakpan. Is it? Oh, so it I gets worse. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, it gets worse. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Brakpan. I finished high school there. Um, and then after school, I needed to go study something. Um, and optometry seemed to be a, a good choice. Um, I was always interested in the medical medical profession, but I'm scared of blood. So optometry yes. seemed to be a good, a good alternative. Because there's no blood in one's um, eye, is there? They should not really be, though. Um, <laughs> I'm just teasing you, Mareka. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, if, if you get to an optometrist chair and there's blood there, then you're in the wrong chair, unfortunately. Okay. So that was, for me, that was, that was the, the thing. So, yeah, so I went to the University of Johannesburg where I studied optometry, um, but already there, I've always had a love for for Stellenbosch and for the Western Cape um, and I grew up in a house where my dad and my grandfather enjoyed wine um, and they enjoyed red wine and I enjoyed drinking wine with them as well um, and so even even through studying optometry I actually already had this idea that I may, might want to be a winemaker oh, and my mom always just said just finish your degree so that at least you have something to fall back on if it doesn't work out. Because <laughs> Sounds like a very I mean, pragmatic mother. It's what we say to all our children. Yes. Mm. Yes, exactly. Because she was like, who's going to hire a girl from Brackburn to be a winemaker? So, yeah, that is, <laughs> that's the story before. <laughs> so, before you did. You studied optometry to, to, and you specialized in sports optometry. That's very interesting. So, what cricketers, yes, hockey yes. players, what, how, what's the difference? That you've just got to have sharper yeah, so, eyesight yes. to watch a ball coming at you at a hell of a rate of knots or what? Exactly. So it's just all those, it's actually just 
different techniques that you would that you would work with as, or with athletes with um, in terms to to improve their hand eye coordination all of these techniques that you that you also work with them and also I mean obviously if there's um, this is also where binocular vision plays a big role where you need to have two both your eyes to work properly to have good depth perception and all of that so that is kind it's of so where the, the sports vision came in yes it's so um, interesting yeah, so you know quite aside from all of that you don't really ever Everybody knows that you have to look after your eyesight because it's precious and it's not a regenerative, well, your eye's not an organ either, but it's not a regenerative body part that's going to fix itself if it gets sick or whatever. I have to tell you that I suffered from, without turning this into a sort of Carrie versus Mareka consultation, but I had COVID at the beginning of the year or a few months ago and I'm almost okay. certain that my eyesight has been impaired as a result of COVID. I don't know if it's COVID or if it's vaccinations or if I don't know what it is or Mooty that they gave me for COVID. And I'm not the first person. So many people I've mentioned it to have said to me, you know, it's funny you mention it, but my eyesight is also not what it used to be. So I think we better have a very careful look and see who's going blind as a result of COVID. Now we can only get into trouble, hey, Kel? Now we're going to get into terrible trouble on Carrie's Corner. <laughs> Have you heard that before? Yeah. Actually, to be honest, as I say, so it's been, you know, I think it's now been at least five years since I've really been completely out of the profession as being an optometrist. So I do not um, follow all these Yes. Um, Everything's that's still going around, though I must say from, from what I know, from my experience and from what I've studied, that, I mean, your eye is very sensitive. Um, mm. and they always say that, you, I mean, there are so many um, chronic diseases that you can pick up in your eyes even before you actually yes. realize that you have that disease. So I would not be surprised if it could impact your eye in any way. Unfortunately, mm. I do not have... So we're definitely not going to say anything on a public platform like this. We will be hung, drawn, courted, tarred, feathered. We'll rather stick to wine, you and me. So you exactly, joined you joined Aikendal a little while ago, and you were you were Nico's assistant. I think this is a wonderful success story of you going. Not only did you study to become a winemaker, but you're a very clever girl, and you graduated cum laude, I'm told. And you went to Aikendal as your first winemaking job, didn't you? Yes. So um, actually part of our um, degree, of our course at Stellenbosch University, you have to do a six-month internship in your final year at a a wine estate or a wine farm. Um, And it was actually Niku or Aikendal was was really my only option or really my only place that I wanted to come and work at. So I remember sending through my CV because now you have to send through a CV, but you actually have nothing to put on there except that you're a fourth year student or a third year student at that stage. Um, And I remember I came to meet um, Niku in June or, or July in 2015, and we sat in his office and just had the best conversation. Um, we we got along so well from the beginning. He's um, such a nice man, isn't he? he just, he's, he's so lovely. Um, mm. Yeah, so he... Afterwards, he just told me, "Listen, you have it. If you wanna, if you wanna join the team, you're more than welcome. You're starting on the 30th, 30th of November, um, and yes, uh, let me know if you wanna do it." So, 
and yeah, I started on the 30th of November 2015 in the vineyards um, and did six months here as a student. Uh, went back to university to finish my degree and then in January of 2017, I started here as the assistant winemaker to Niku. That's such a brilliant success story because it's just how it's supposed to happen, really. Um, Somewhere along the way, though, you did sneak in some harvests in other parts of the world. Tell me about those. Yes. Yes. So um, I was fortunate enough to, in September of 2017, to actually go do a harvest in Burgundy um, in a little village called Mercury. Mm. And it was actually, it was so such a, a good experience to have as well because it is a, a longtime friend of Nico, the, the winemaker there or the vineron there. And it was such a, a beautiful because you always if you if you talk about Aikendal or you think about Aikendal and where especially the Chardonnay has gone over the past few years, maybe the past five to seven years, it's very Burgundy inspired and I could actually go to the place where where Niku, what he brought to Ekendal, where he learned it from, and what he, how he saw it, and how he m- meant for it to be done at Ekendal. So you kind of went to to the heart of the place, and it was so beautiful. It was yes. very quick, a very short harvest. I mean, they do very little wine really there, but it was three weeks, and it was the absolute best three weeks of my life. And I know, and Burgundy is so pretty, isn't it? Oh, it's so beautiful. Just earlier this morning of the vineyards there in Mercury where they said, told me that I was there four years ago and I'm, I'm quite saddened that I can't be there now oh, as well. But you must go back. Beautiful. Tell them that you want to go back and go and have a visit. Do a reciprocity thing. You Invite know, them sure. over for a for stunkende sort of harvest here in South Africa and then tell them that you're going back as a bit of a reciprocity thing. Yes, no, that will be definitely, will always be the, the aim. I just hope at some stage we can travel again so that, that it's a little bit easier to go over there. <laughs> and then, Mareka, you also, you have done harvests elsewhere. Where else have you been? Yes, yeah, so also then in 2019, I went to the Russian River Valley in Sonoma, California, mm. um, at a winery called Dumol. Um, where they also they specialize also in Burgundy, Burgundian varieties. So they do uh, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir predominantly. Um, and it was also very great to just see another part of the world where they do Chardonnay. And Chardonnay in a very similar, once again, a very similar way that we do. The, the style of the wine is very um, old world inspired. Um, and it was so great to once again, just take whatever you learn from there and be able to bring it back to, to Aikendal and just, there's nothing that needed to be changed in a, in a, in a big way, but just to add to, to what, what we do here and how we, how we normally would, um, approach Chardonnay really. Yes. Well, Aikendal is sort of synonymous with Chardonnay really. I love Chardonnay. It's, it's my, it's probably my favorite white variety. And I say probably because tomorrow I might be feeling a bit sort of Grenache Blankish and the next day I might feel a bit Shannon Blankish. So I, we all allow ourselves a little bit of poetic license when we say that we have a, fi- a favorite. But Chardonnay is beautiful. It is elegant. It's classy. It's, I always make the comparison. When I was at university overseas and learning about wine, I had a lecturer who used to say that Elegant wine was like a well-bred racehorse. It had very skinny ankles. 
And Chardonnay should have nice, thin, elegant ankles, really, even if it's got that lovely oak that we do know we need to put it into, or we can. So I have sort of trawled about the Western Cape looking for good Chardonnays. And Aikendal always comes into my my good Chardonnays in any one year that I've been trawling about because I do it quite quietly. I know that there's lots of people who do lots of Twittering and lots of tasting and tweeting and carrying on about it, but I do it all quite quietly. And then I, oh, have you got a horse in your backyard? No, sorry, that was a Dida. Oh, <laughs> it sounded like a horse <laughs> name. Or maybe you've just been taking too much ivermectin. Um, so, <laughs> so one of the Chardonnays that I do consistently rate is Aikendal. And of course, you've got two, you've got three different Chardonnays at the farm. You've got Janina, which is a uh, unoaked. You've got the ordinary Aikendal Chardonnay. I say ordinary. There's nothing too ordinary about it. But from memory, I think that that Chardonnay comes from bush vines. I think that that I think that that wine is made out of bush vine chardonnay vineyard, and then you've got your Montezier, which I tasted the other day, which is only the second time that I bought. I tasted the second time it's been bottled, and it really is beautiful. So I've said enough. You seconds away, off you go. Talk to us about the Aikendal Chardonnay, where it fits in in your head, and where you would like it to fit into everybody else's head. Okay. Perfect, yes. So actually just to give you a little bit of, of background also before we get just to the Mondesia. So as you mentioned, we have the, the Yanina, which is our unwitted Chardonnay. Um, and we do most of the the grapes that we use for that wine comes from Ekendal, so it comes from the farm. Um, and then we also add a little bit of Algan grapes to, to that blend. Mm. Um, it's an unwooded Chardonnay, but I always like to say, uh, I always like to emphasize that it doesn't mean that it's only fermented in stainless steel tanks. So we play a little bit around with uh, stainless steel tanks, with concrete eggs, and then in some years we also add a little bit of a plastic egg component to it, which just the plastic eggs just gives you a little bit more fruit um, and gives you a little bit more structure on the palate, where the concrete eggs give just retains that minerality and yes. the acidity that we really want in, in our Chardonnay, which is actually going through the whole, the entire range of Chardonnay. It's that it should be a, a bit more about that minerality and mm. good acidity. Um, and then the stainless steel tank, which just, again, just retains freshness and acidity. So Tell me about your so plastic. Mostly... Can I interrupt you for a sec there before we go yes. on? Tell us about your plastic eggs. Are they South African manufactured? No, so we actually imported them from the USA, um, I think almost 10, 10 years ago. So when all the rage came about regarding eggs um, and the use of eggs in as a fermentation vessel, this was the, the, they actually settled on, on getting some of these. So they're a little bit smaller. They're just uh, under 1,000 liters an egg. Mm. Um, and it's just, once again, it was just to get that shape of of the of the tank so it always with that shape of the egg it just maintains your your yeast cells would remain in suspension mm. um throughout throughout the, the maturation process really yes um yes so so that is what we use so it's very and also with the plastic eggs it allows a little bit of oxygen through similar to what a barrel would that's do. what i was going to ask you about i was going to say it must be slightly ever so slightly porous 
Exactly. So this a little bit of microoxygenation happens in there, and that just helps to add to that structure and mid palate of, mm. of the wine, really. Mm. Um, yes, but there's obviously then no influence from from wood. Yes, it it gives you a, a very similar environment that wood would do, um, because of that little microoxygenation that occurs there. Yes. Um, yeah, so so with with the with the Chardonnay or with the Yanina, um, we would ferment it spontaneously, um, and then keep it in these different vessels for approximately six to eight months before we make up the blend and then before we release the new wine. Um, yeah, so that is really our fresh. Um, they always we it's it's kind of in a Chablis method that yes. it's made. It is fresh, mineral, um, very. Very elegant wine as well. Um, and then we move over to the wooded Chardonnay, as you say, so the, the normal Aconol The ordinary Chardonnay. It's so unfortunate the to ordinary say ordinary, isn't it? <laughs> Nothing ordinary about yes, it at well, all. It's yes. lovely. No, thank you. Yes, yeah, so what actually, so actually, if you look at 2016, those were the only two Chardonnays we were producing at, at that stage. Um, and that was just our wooded, oh, that was our wooded Chardonnay, which, as you mentioned, came from, it comes from bush vines um, mm. on the farm. And then also another trellising system that we call um, stock by bulky in Afrikaans or vine by post. So it's very similar to, to a bush vine where it's very close to the, to the ground it's planted. However, the, the shoots are just, um, tightened around a little okay. hole just to give an, a little bit of a different microclimate um, mm. and a little bit more diffuse sunlight to that would enter the canopy and would reach the grapes. Um, yeah, so we use that, those, we've got about three vineyards on the farm that we, that's planted in that way, which we use for, for the, the wooded Chardonnay. And then we also add a little bit of the algan grapes to it as well. You so keep mentioning the, this. you keep mentioning the algan grapes. Is it a vineyard that the owners of Aikendal bought or do you just lease that vineyard? Yeah, no. So we don't own the, own the vineyard, but we lease it and we've, uh, we've actually got grapes from them for a, for the past, well, ever since I've been here, so that was at least for the past six years. Mm. Um, so we also really have a complete control of, of the, the vineyards, how they prune it, how they grow the grapes. Um, and then obviously every year, depending on, on what, specifically what tonnage we want, we'll, we'll buy it from them. Okay. Um, and yeah, so it has always been, we still use that Algen grapes. It's just Algen is a little bit cooler climate. Um, in, or especially in Stellenbosch, it's a little closer to, to the ocean, a little bit high in altitude, um, and you really get a lot slower ripening, a good, good amount of natural acidity in there, which is perfect for, for what we want um, mm. to be added to, to the Aconol Chardonnays. So it was really in, in 2017 um, where the idea of the Mondazia Chardonnay ca- came from is because we had these beautiful Algen barrels or uh, wine in barrel um, towards 2018 and actually decided, but we, we love producing um, Chardonnay at Aikendal and we only have, really have two wines. We do produce a MCC or sparkling wine as well um, in, some, in some years, but our focus was only Yanina and Chardonnay um, and these wines were so beautiful that we actually decided to, to bottle. In 2017, we only bottled, I think it was three, three barrels yes. bottled under the Mondazia label. And whose desire um, is it? 
Whose desire is it? Is, uh, it, this, is it Mrs. Akendall? I don't know who, who's, whose desire is this. This was a, <laughs> a wine where <laughs> we, we, we wanted to release it and, and, and we actually, we had the, the name Mondesia was, our MCC were called Mondesia. Mm. Um, but it, it kind of had that, we seen people were a little bit, Confused because it's MCC already. That it's already a Chardonnay that you have to give it another name for. And now it's also called Mondesia, but it's Akendal, so oh. it was a little bit confusing. <laughs> so when we decided to release the Algen Chardonnay, or we used to call it the Algen Chardonnay, we decided, or they decided to to take that Mondesia name from from the MCC and actually to give it to, okay. to this Algen. Algen Chardonnay. Um, okay. Yes. So that is that is where where the name came from, especially for for this wine. <laughs> and it's not it's not hugely oaked. It's got lovely oak on it. I don't know what your oak treatment is of it, but you can smell and obviously feel. I think I think the great thing about the the Mondesir that I tasted a few weeks ago was the textural quality of the wine. It's got such lovely texture and such lovely mouthfeel. It's, it's, you definitely know that you've got a mouthful of wine. It's lovely. Mm. Yeah. Lemony, citrusy, yes. full in the mouth. Tell us about how you make it. Yes, exactly. So it's actually interesting that you say that the oak is, you don't feel or necessarily feel the oak so much. Mm. Cause, and I think that's the beauty of, of these of these cooler cooler regions and the grapes that you get from there because because we actually um we've oaked this for a little bit longer than we would do our normal wooded chardonnay mm. so it spends 14 months in french oak barrels uh, we do only use 500 liter barrels so it's a little bit of a bigger barrel but we do use that for all of our chardonnays um, and it's also untoasted wood Okay. So you you have the you have the barrel um, or you it's really you we don't want any of that um, how can I say the we, we don't want it to taste as you say no, you don't want that upfront wood do you you mm. should you should you should know you don't want upfront wood it's very very well integrated wood and I think because of the the high acidity and just the quality of the grapes, it can actually take that little bit more wood for that wood for a little bit longer. Um, and it's also, we use 25% new oak on there. So there is that little bit of new oak on there, um, but so well integrated that it doesn't, it really doesn't stand out. No, it's beautifully integrated. It really is a class act, that one. When it comes to, um, to continuity of supply, do you have enough of it? Because a lot of the time when you get such a delicious wine, we then get all excited about it. The business platform goes crazy. Everybody wants a bottle. And then we're told, sorry, it's out of stock. So what's the story with, with Mondesia? Have you got quite a bit? Yeah, so th that is actually unfortunately the thing with the Mondesia as well. We released the first vintage, the 2017 vintage in twenty eight. Um, and it was actually sold out so quickly. I think we sold it out in in about three or four months. Um, and we we produce this wine really. We would I think we would love to continue to produce it, but it will only be produced in specific vintages. Mm. So, for instance, 
2019, we didn't produce a, a Mondazia because we had a very bad um, Chardonnay harvest on the on the farm on Akendal. We had very lower yields, and we therefore had to use most of the Algen grapes that we got in just to 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 be able to fill our demand for the Yanina and for yes. the Chardonnay. Yes. Um, so I think this. So this is unfortunately, or not unfortunately, but this is a wine that we would we produce it in only exceptional years. We do produce a rather small volume of it. So um, the 2018 is a little bit more than the 2017 was. I think we produced about 2,500 bottles of this wine. Um, and unfortunately, if it's sold out. We will have to wait for, for the next <laughs> So if any, of, if any of my listeners really want a bottle and they phone me and they say, Carrie, please, can you leave a bottle on the corner for us? Can I get some from you? Have you still yes, got? You are more than welcome. We still have, yes. So we only release this wine now in, on the 16th or, or the week of the 16th of August. So luckily we still have, have a, a quite, quite, a, quite a lot of, of and, the wine. And do we know sort us. of how much it's going to cost a bottle? We won't hold you to anything, but roundabout, roughly in, in the region of what? It should be around 320 rand a bottle. Okay, cool. There about, yes. yes. Well, we'll definitely be giving you a shot because I know that I'm going to have a whole load of people sending me a WhatsApp on our business group saying, please, please can we have some of that? <laughs> Mareka, it was no, fantastic. It was fantastic meeting you. And I have to tell you that clearly Benoni and Bratpan and what have you, um, there's something in the water because we've got Princess Charlize of, Mon- of Monaco. She came out of Bratpan, I think. We've got Charlize Tehran. She came out of Benoni. And yes. we've got Mareka who comes out of back, back pan and they're all beautiful. You're all beautiful. So, oh, and you're you. clever. So definitely Houting so has a little bit to offer. Thank you for your contribution. We love the Akendal wines. I personally adore the Akendal Chardonnays. Thank you so much for chatting to me today on, on Carrie's Corner. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you, Carrie, for having me. It's been such an honor and such a privilege to meet you as well, even though it is over a screen, as you say. No, but and we'll I'm do so it. We'll make it better. It. You're going to come to Johannesburg. Well, I'm going to come to Cape Town and we'll definitely go and drink some Chardonnay together. No, pre- please do. Yeah, please let me know whenever you are here. Have a fabulous weekend. Thanks, my puppet. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.